Genre. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Joe Dorowski, and this week we're discussing the ensemble cast from Clue. And joining us for this discussion are returning guests Lena and Nick English. Welcome back, guys. Hello. Thank you for having us. Very glad to have you on. I do and feel like Andrew. we should be all-star guests. Um, okay. <laughs> all because, out. All-star guests. Because Lena's at least been on three or four. And Nick, and you, I don't I've know. I've been on you, you... a few. A dozen at this point, maybe. I, I, I don't, don't know. It's a lot. Many. I don't know. We've been going for six years, and it feels like at least twice a year. I, I'm comfortable guessing we've had you on one, at least once, maybe twice a year. So heading towards a dozen. I I, I believe that if it's not twice a year, it should be. <laughs> well, very often when we have you on, we double record. So the odds are that it's twice a year. They are in our favor. And uh, producer Andrew, you're going to be jumping on for this discussion as well, correct? Yeah, I love Clue. I mean, that's. That's a, a, a the Venn diagram of people who love Clue is, is there's a lot of overlap with a lot of people I think in that. Um, so Clue, as I believe many people know, is a 1985 dark comedy that was based on the murder mystery board game. It was written by Jonathan, Jonathan Lynn and John Landis and directed by Jonathan Lynn. It starred Eileen Brennan as Mrs. Peacock, Tim Curry as Wadsworth the butler, Madeline Kahn as Mrs. White, Christopher Lloyd as Professor Plum, Michael Bikin as Mr. Green, Martin Mull as Colonel Mustard, Leslie Ann Warren as Miss Scarlet, Colleen Camp as Yvette, and Leaving as Mr. Body. I didn't know who to leave out, so I just included everyone there. Uh, and it tells the story of a group of people being trapped in a gothic mansion as a string of murders occur. Do any of you remember when you first encountered Clue, the the film version, not the the board game? Probably college. I don't know. I think it was maybe high school. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't remember. It was just kind of one of those films I knew about, and (laughs) I knew a a lot of the quotes from the film as well. And I can't remember the first time I watched it. I'm pretty sure Joseph. I I think you specifically introduced me to Clue. Uh, as your older brother, that seems probable. Yeah, you know, <laughs> as, as an older brother should. But it was back when, like, Friday nights, there was, like, kid movie night downstairs so that mom and dad could have <laughs> their movie night upstairs and eat popcorn. Mm, delicious. <laughs> That's exactly so was, what was I happening. think one of, I think it was one of those. Which, uh, there's some content in this that maybe <laughs> I shouldn't have been introducing you to whatever I did. But at the same time, I, I also think I was pretty young when I first watched it. And I, a lot of it just goes over your head. And you I think I think it's definitely in that territory yeah. where it's like, OK, the things that I shouldn't know about, I don't know about. So I really just don't get them. It's, it's like, like everyone as... can laugh when someone mistakes a shower handle for a doorknob. Yes, that's <laughs> exactly. classic. Yeah, that is a bit of comedy that yeah. has aged incredibly well. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the first time I saw this movie was when the movie Oscar came out because when Oscar came out with Sylvester Stallone, it had Tim Curry in it. And I was like, I love this guy, Tim Curry. And so I went and tried to find as many Tim Curry movies as I could. I also was kind of obsessed with the three Musketeers, the Disney version where Tim Curry plays Cardinal Richelieu. Um, And so it was probably around that time in my life. I don't know when that would be. But that 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 seems to track. Everyone should have a decent Tim Curry phase. Yeah. Well, and if I you, think mine is still ongoing. Yeah, and if you don't, then you you need to re-examine your life. 
I mean, I, it's hard to say, is he underappreciated or is he just right appreciated? Like, he is just a phenomenal figure in pop culture. Like, he's so uh, Tim Curry. Like, when he's you see prevalent. him, no one else but Tim Curry. Iconic. Yeah. I mean, I mean, have you watched Muppet Treasure Island recently? Because oh I think if you watch you. that, you'll be reminded that he is underappreciated. <laughs> or The Worst Witch. Yes, The Worst Witch. That's my mom's favorite. No, I... um. I, I, I am reminded of a tweet of somebody who said, why is it, why, I mean, Tim Curry stopped doing things too early in his career. And he replied with a tweet saying, I'm sorry if like 250 movies and 400 episodes of shows is not enough content for you or something like that. I don't, I mean, I'm probably over-exaggerating the numbers, but it was a lot. And and I just was like, yeah, that's why I love you. Like he really was prolific and worked a ton. And if you want to go and find him, you can like, in psych or you and know he still and, does tons or of voice fern work. gully or <laughs> or adam's yeah. family movies or, or random like cartoons that you're like wait that's tim curry's voice in Some, sometimes you think somebody's doing a tim curry impression it's probably actually tim curry yeah he's pretty awesome so yeah that, yeah. So clue huh uh, yes <laughs> i think clue is my first tim curry like the the role that I remember, remember yeah, yeah uh, you know, being Tim Curry, uh, and and I, every once in a while, I think I see a meme floating around of like you can tell a lot about a person by you mm-hmm. know their what first, they recognize yeah. Tim Curry from, or, or yeah, yeah, what their first Tim Curry film was. Um, yeah, I will always it, say Clue, but there's so many things that I can say that it. I mean, that meme, I'm always just like, well, it says that I love him. That's all. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, and to be honest, I remember my mom watching Worst Witch when I was very young and not even knowing who he was and then only kind of recognizing him as someone I had seen before well, like Annie. in Muppet Treasure Island. But by the time I got around to watching Clue, I had already seen numerous episodes of other types of things, including Rocky Horror Picture Show. And so I was already, I knew exactly what was going on now. Well, I'm sure the first time I saw him was at Annie because I watched that show a lot when I was young as Rooster. But yeah, guys, I'm I'm glancing through his ID, IMDb page to check like how accurate your stat was, and he does have 233 credits as an actor. Well, there you go. So the uh, between movies and, and TV shows, including in the Clone Wars cartoon series, yeah. he was Chancellor Palpatine. Yeah, yeah, does not surprise me. <laughs> the Ooh. fact that he was the villain is maybe the least surprising part of that. I think he might have been typecast there um, a little that, bit. That's on brand. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. A um, little bit of trivia about Clue. The film has three different endings, which if you, I, I assume we've all only ever seen it with all three endings um, presented to us. So when you, when you get to the end of the film, if you're watching a home video release, you see a revelation of who the murderer was. And then it, there's like a silent film style interstitial text card that pops up and says, but what if it was this that happened? And you see another version of uh, a revelation of who the bad guy was that was doing the murders. And then there's one more of those interstitial text cards that pops up and says, but here's what really happened. And you see a final version when this was released in theaters, you just got one of those and it would be, you wouldn't know which one you were getting <laughs> when you got in. And so people who saw the film might come out 
and and talk about having seen the film and when they talk about who the murderer was they had completely different experiences Um, (laughs) so awesome in that that revelation sadly it probably you probably wouldn't be able to do that now because immediately people would go to the internet and figure it out and then it would like not be as fun you know of a thing and then people would like map out which theaters had which ending and then everyone could go and see them so it wouldn't quite have the same effect yeah, and some for... theaters at the time were actually announcing which ending mm-hmm. they had because they were yeah. they were marketed with A, B, or C. Yeah, oh. so once it became known that this was a part of the film, uh, theaters did start to list which ending it was, so that people who were trying to see catch all, all three endings would be you know uh, would be able to go see it. And theaters kind of had to do that because this was a bit of a flop. So anything they could get to bring someone back in, sure. <laughs> they had to be doing. It only earned fourteen million dollars when it came out, and it had a fifteen million dollar budget. So um, yeah, it did not make its money back. No, but but since then it has developed a bit of a cult following. It probably on done television well. and home video. Um, and like there's there, I would wager if we went and go to go look at the box office of 1985, we would find dozens of films that made more money, but no one talks about the way like there's kind of a, a cultural awareness of Clue now. Um, you know, decades on. I mean, literally, those- if somebody has said they have not seen this movie, I grab their hand and say, come to my house now so we can watch it together. You you have literally done that, Nick? Yes. You can ask my <laughs> wife. And Amy Champion. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we make her watch a lot of movies, though. <laughs> um, we've acknowledged that there was the A, B, and C ending, but there was also a D ending to the film oh, that yeah, has never that. been shown um, because the director just thought it didn't work. In that version, which we know about because there were um, some books and a, a documentary about Clue that were made at the time of the film, uh, trying to you know cash in on what they thought would become a craze, but was not. They did talk about what the fourth ending was, in which Wadsworth murders everyone because of his desire for perfection. He couldn't be the perfect husband or the perfect butler, so he would become the perfect murderer. And the director just thought, this doesn't work as motivation. And so they, they never attached that to any version of the film. Interesting. And in the what if world of casting, Carrie Fisher was cast as Miss Scarlet, but she was unable to uh, perform the role because she entered rehab. So they recast. Well, And Tim Curry wasn't the first choice either. He was the third. Oh, I I did not come across that trivia. Tell tell me more. Who who were the first and second? There was somebody that I don't remember and he died. So that's why he wasn't cast. And then Rowan Atkinson was the second choice. But they actually thought that he was not well known enough to bring it to be a draw. You know, typically when I hear someone was going to do a role instead of Tim Curry, I want to dismiss it. But hearing Rowan Atkinson, it's kind of like I could see a version where that wasn't bad. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think it's got a totally different feel to it, but, you know, Mm -hmm. it could work. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Clue has a 65% score on Rotten Tomatoes. What? Uh, Critics. (laughs) They're jerks. <laughs> and you can uh read several like if you, if you start to look up trivia you come across a lot of bad reviews from when it came out but it's one of those films that i think has had a reassessment as it's aged um and, and probably I, i'm guessing if rotten tomatoes was the thing in 1985 it would have had a much lower score with those initial reviews um a lot of those reviews that are lifting it up even to 65 percent, i think are more latter-day reassessment uh, <laughs> oh, versions of oh man uh, uh of reviews <sighs> critics man and then 
I was shocked when I looked into the Clue board game, which in England, where it originated, is called uh, Cluedo, I believe. Mm -hmm. Cluedo. Am I saying that right? Yeah, Cluedo. Uh, That was created in 1949. And since then, it has spawned VCR games, (laughs) which... We have one. Okay, yeah. As soon as you say that, you're like, I I know exactly what that was. Uh, They don't make them anymore. Uh, Several computer games. There have been many variations on that original board game. So there's different versions of Clue board games, both like licensed ones and then that's like the one Clue that we Jr. just got. Harry Potter. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's not the one uh, we have, but that's the, my favorite one. <laughs> there were television game shows based on Clue that have aired in England, Germany, France, Italy, Australia, Portugal, and Scandinavia. Come on, United States. Yeah, we're what are we out. doing? There was a 2011 miniseries adaptation of the board game. <laughs> in the style of this this film like a murder mystery i think Oof. there was a documentary about clue an off-broadway musical a play a set of children's books a comic book series and a series of jigsaw puzzles have all been made using hmm. the clue brand cool and a remake of this film has been in various stages of pre-production since 2011 the current version is going to be produced and star uh, Ryan Reynolds, produced by and star Ryan Reynolds. If you know, it's ever happens. happened. Yeah. Anything that was announced before 2020, I have doubts about. So we'll <laughs> see. Anything that has announced in 2020, I have doubts about. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and one last bit of trivia, the TV show psych, which we have covered on this podcast, did an homage episode that starred oh, so Martin Mull, Christopher Lloyd and Leslie Ann Warren. That was such a good episode so good. and included multiple endings. And I didn't watch this when it aired, but the trivia says that the audience could vote for who the real killer was. Yeah, um, it was a live episode. Uh, OK. Or something uh, like that. Yeah. Where where there'd be like live feedback that would alter which version of the ending was aired. Right. Mm hmm. I actually wasn't watching the show at that time, so I have only seen the DVD or the streaming ending, which has you know always been the same every time I've watched it. But um, so I actually don't know what the other options were. Yeah, I don't either. And it said uh, they had different options, or, or like both the East Coast and the West Coast could vote, but I couldn't find. I mean, I didn't spend a whole lot of time, but I couldn't see if they like voted differently. Or you know, so did is it kind of like the film where you could have a, a different outcome depending on you know where you happen to see it yeah hmm. did not know that that's why i listen to this podcast so i can get smarter <laughs> and i think that in that clue episode of psych it actually is called 100 clues and i think they're they really did put 100 references to clue in there between dialogue lines or people or set pieces or something like it all at it all came down to 100 things about clue that's a very psych thing to do it is yeah, yeah. That and it was their brand. 100th episode which is kind of also it i, I don't know like you, you said uh I, I don't know for sure that's exactly 100 but as soon as you say it it sounds like a bit of trivia that absolutely lines up with everything i know about psych that is something <laughs> they, they would have done it was also produced and directed by james roday if i remember right Oh, yeah, I know that he did do several episodes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go See, ahead. And Lena knows her clue. That's the reason why we brought her up. Lena knows her psych. <laughs> well, that too. That's funny. 
lots of crossover well, before with two of my favorite we things. go on to a summary of clue we want to thank you listeners for downloading this episode and we want to thank those of you who support us on patreon if you would like to support us financially we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least a dollar per month all supporters on patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts which are shorter episodes in which we break down newly released films and trailers okay we don't do that anymore we, we talk about whatever media we've been consuming there are no newly released films and trailers and there are no updates on our fantasy box office but we do still release a monthly quick cast and all patrons and supporters with five dollars per month or more get to choose a topic for us to discuss on to the spoiler summary and joseph i'm gonna i'm gonna just interrupt you before you get into the spoiler summary yeah i, I just have to hit you guys with a couple of facts about tim curry's imdb do please it. do I, I, yeah we I mean, can this do a is whole why of this guests. is why we are here <laughs> yes just tim curry trivia hit me with it 27 episodes of a well-known children's program cartoon in the 90s. Each of you get one guess. I think I know the answer to this. Oh, really? 90s? Yes. There's a billion of them. I'm going to guess true. Peter Pan and the Lost Boys. That's oh, not the... Peter, I mean, that could that could very well be true, but it's Jason not the one I've got. Uh, I know he was Captain Hook, and actually that's the reason he couldn't be the Joker in Batman the Animated Series, is because he was voicing Captain Hook in a Peter Pan Mm-hmm. Series. I'm going to say Fern Gully the series. Oh, I didn't know there was a series of that. That is a deep cut, Lena. <laughs> I uh, I don't. It probably did not have that many episodes. Though, I would to tell just, you the truth. I'm just going to say something like Justice League, and he was a reporter or something. He was. He was in um the Young Justice series yeah, as I a knew, reporter. Yeah, I knew that. That's why I was, um, like maybe he was reprising his. But no, I think that was a new character in in Young Justice. Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Oh, that was my second guess. Shoot. He's a hero. 27 episodes of Captain Planet. What was his character? Uh, Mal and Blight 5's computer. Oh, well, that makes sense. You got to have him as the voice (laughs) of the computer. Yeah. And then also, this one's great because he just did so much prolific work. That within a two year window, I don't know the exact dates because, you know, when IMDb lists a, a show, then it's going to do, you know, the whole years. Mm -hmm. Right. But somewhere within a two year window, he was the voice of both the devil and God (laughs) on different, different stuff right there. (laughs) He was the voice of God in animated stories from the Bible, colon music video, volume one. Nice. I need to find he was the devil in dinosaurs. Oh, oh, yeah. I would oh. never have remembered Which, that. I think, did we cover that episode, Joseph? <laughs> yes, it was the Fountain. The, the Fern Hill mug with the yeah. devil? Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. Oh, my gosh. See, and Dinosaurs is coming to Disney Plus very soon. I've read I remember somewhere. loving mm-hmm. that show when I was a kid, but I just don't know if I could watch it again. <laughs> I, we covered the darkest series finale ever. On yeah, it was pretty dark. <laughs> where, yeah, it was pretty they dark. they caused the uh, extinction of dinosaurs. They caused yes. an extinction-level event. <laughs> Yeah, I mean we're we're right on verge of that too, so it's probably relevant. <laughs> well, for a lot of the same reasons the dinosaurs did it, they called it in the nineties. I just I just couldn't help but bring up it's like, well, somewhere in that window, he was <laughs> the devil and God as as a voice I think performer. He pretty much still is. And and the real interesting one, which I might have to cut this one, but it's a special for our recording time frame tonight. He was in an episode of Samurai Jack. Oh, well, oh we, we already acknowledge that we often double record Actually, with Nick I think English. Nick and so, I, Nick, little I think teaser we there. That the other day when we were we were doing voices, I think we figured that out. 
What, well, what voice did he do in Samurai Jack? Again. Um, it, it called him Worm One. Oh. Yeah, that's what we. Yeah, yes, I, I know exactly. I know exactly. I know exactly the episode. That's a great episode. We should do a podcast on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally know which one you're talking about. But if you want a fun time, just oh. like glance through his stuff. Um, he's got some soundtrack credits. Interesting. Oh um, a lot of like, like very recognizable movies. Is it where... a shorter list to see what he hasn't done? <laughs> well, oh, I don't wow. know about that. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of media out there. <laughs> but like, like a lot of like notably recognizable stuff where it's like, yeah, Tim Curry is a featured element of this. And then a lot of ones where it's like, man, he just he stays busy. Yeah, he's awesome. All right. That's the fourth time I've said that in this. <laughs> that, he, that he's awesome. Yeah. I'll let it stand. Let's go ahead and, and see if we can get it to six, you know? Okay. On to the summary and Nick and Lena, feel free or Andrew also to jump in with any quotes that you feel need to be included because I did not put any quotes that. in. Challenge and, accepted. Yeah. One of the reasons to have Nick English on this podcast is for his voice work. <sighs> He is, you know, he, he's worked with a professional voice actor. I don't know if you know that, Lena. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Who? Looks <laughs> <laughs> like I've done what? Wait, when? <laughs> uh, at a fan, fan expo or uh, oh, what, yeah. what are they called? Oh, yeah, now? that's true. I was on stage. Yeah. With, with <laughs> you Jess really, Hardell, You right? really forgot? I thought we... Well, I was like, I didn't work with him. I, I did a show with him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that counts. Okay, we're going to count it. Okay. Yeah, that worked. That. You can go on YouTube and find it. All right. Full summary of Clue. In 1954, six strangers have been invited to a gothic mansion where they will go by pseudonyms. No one is supposed to use their real name. They are greeted by a butler named Wadsworth and taken to the dining room where they have dinner together. We learn that each of these guests is being blackmailed. Mrs. Peacock took bribes to influence her husband's vote as a U.S. senator. Mrs. White is suspected in the death of her husband. Professor Plum was a medical doctor who had an affair with a patient. Miss Scarlet runs a brothel. Colonel Mustard was a customer at said brothel. And Mr. Green is a homosexual. Uh, Wadsworth reveals that the final guest to arrive, Mr. Body, is in fact their blackmailer. Because blackmail only works if people are silent, Wadsworth suggests that they all come forward to the police about Body's blackmail. Body offers an alternative. He says that if they go to the police, he will reveal their secrets in trial. He then presents each guest with a weapon and says if they kill Wadsworth, they can carry on as they have been. Body turns out the light and a shot rings out. When the lights are turned back on, Body is lying on the floor. Plum declares him dead. Wadsworth explains that his wife committed suicide after Body had blackmailed her because she had friends who were socialists. <laughs> They go to the kitchen and they find the cook is dead. She has been stabbed with the dagger. When they return, Body's body is gone and Yvette, the maid, starts screaming. She's been listening in while recording their conversation and gotten a bit freaked out by all of the murder that's happening. They find oh, Body's yeah. body <laughs> in the bathroom. I'm frightened. I am frightened of the dog. <laughs> Uh, they find Body's body in the bathroom, this time with blood dripping from his head. Uh, they lock the weapons in a cupboard, and they go to throw away the key, but a motorist is at the door and asks to use the phone, saying his car is broken down. They lock him in a room and I split into pairs to search the mansion. I'm not going to go into who each pair is, but I want to acknowledge uh, the, the line reading of, it's you and me, honey bunch. <laughs> honey bunch. As they split honey into bunch. pairs. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh let's see that's because he definitely did not want to go with her 
yeah. you can tell by her face she didn't want to go with him either. <laughs> she didn't want to go with anyone. She is not fond of any of these people. But <laughs> then the other will be the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yell. It's fine. Okay. Don't. <laughs> um, as they are searching the mansion, someone gets separated from their pair and unlocks the cupboard and murders the motorist with the wrench. <laughs> Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet discover a secret passage that leads them into a locked room where they find the motorist's body. They yell for help. The secret passage door has closed. So now they can't get out. They're stuck in a room with a body. They yell for help. Let uh, us out. Nobody... Let us out. Let us, let us in, in. Let us in. Let us in. <laughs> But nobody can get in until Yvette grabs the gun and shoots out the locks. And she is a phenomenal shot, I just want to say. <laughs> she, she uh, from a distance, is able to open. take out each lock. Um, after they get out, a police officer comes upon the motorist car and then comes to the mansion to ask if anyone came here seeking help. After some deliberation, the group allows uh, decides they're going to let the cop in and use, uh, use the phone. Everyone rushes to make the bodies look like you know, not dead bodies in very awkward, these, uncomfortable these ways. Just having a good time. <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, who's making out with one of the bodies? Let's see. That's a lot of them. White. Yeah, <laughs> and and then uh, mustard is pretending to be well <laughs> the cook dancing slash caressing <laughs> the the dead cook, and he's holding her eyes open with his other hand. <laughs> it is so awkward looking. And Peacock's hands are, are coming around the other side to mimic. <laughs> Being and she just cook. looks horrified to be she between really the curtains, dead body between the cur- curtains. This man uh, is drunk, dead, dead drunk. drunk. You're, he won't be driving wrong. home. I can promise you, he won't be driving home tonight. <laughs> we'll get him a little black car. <laughs> Uh, so the cop is not suspicious somehow, and he goes to make his phone call, and everyone splits up to search the house again. They're, they're just trying to verify that there's no one else in the house who could be committing these, these murders. Uh, while they're split up, someone turns off the power, and the cop is killed. <sighs> then Yvette is killed. And then the doorbell rings, and there's a singing telegram girl who is shot. Uh, on beat she gets shot <laughs> fun, fun story about her is she is um one of the uh people in the band the go-go's i had no idea oh, yeah, trivia still coming she's the act she yeah the actress that plays the singing telegram girl is one of the members of the go-go's at least they gave her a speaking line yeah a singing line <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Um, the power is turned on and everyone morosely counts the number of dead bodies. And when they realize there are six, it is acknowledged that this is getting serious. Wadsworth announces that he knows who the murderer is and he medically reenacts the events of the film, just rushing from room to room, describing what has happened, but not yet revealing who the murderer was just saying, you were here, you were here, you were here. And then, you know, this happened and we, we ran to this next room. Um, and it's, some fantastic acting from Tim Curry. Just one more shout out, shout out to his genius. Yeah, there's uh, even yeah. times that I'm like, oh, I should learn this. And then I'm like, it's just way too fast to even try to figure it out. Like, what are you saying the whole time? Yeah, I know what he's saying the whole time. Well, Impressive that's... dialogue, but also his physicality in this yes. whole sequence is, is and delivery. really on point. And then we get ending A. And we don't know it's the first of multiple endings when you're when you're watching it. Uh, but we find out that Yvette murdered the cook and Mr. Body because Scarlet ordered her to. Scarlet then killed Yvette and the other guests who had arrived. The FBI burst in and it is revealed that Wadsworth was an undercover agent and uh, Miss Scarlet is arrested. But that might not be the ending because what if it was 
Mrs. Peacock who killed everyone. Though once again, Wadsworth is going to be an undercover agent and she's going to be captured by the FBI. Or here is what we're told really happened. And we can talk about what you got to do the line there, though. Yeah, you're missing something. You got to do the line there. We're the we're like the Mounties. We always get our man. Mrs. Peacock was a man. Slap. (laughs) Slap again. (laughs) Mr. Green takes a lot of uh, pratfalls in this (laughs) film. Uh, Ending C, which we're told is the real ending. And I do want to circle back and find out which ending is everyone's favorite. Uh, We find out that in this version, Professor Plum killed Mr. Body. uh, then Peacock stabbed the cook, Mustard killed the motorist, White strangled Yvette, and Scarlet killed the cop, and Wadsworth shot the singing telegram girl. And then the real reveal is that Wa- uh, Wadsworth is really Mr. Body, who has been blackmailing everyone, and he I says, we're that. just going to carry on as it has been. You're going to continue paying, uh, paying me. At this point, Mr. Green shoots Wadsworth, and we discover that Green was the undercover agent. And Everyone did it. Mr. They Green will all be arrested. With the revolver. In the hall. In the hall. And that is the end, other than that mythical Wadsworth kill everyone version. <laughs> right. I don't know. I kind of feel like that, that would be okay. I'd be okay with it. I did like so so the button of the Wadsworth killing everyone version is that the cops arrive, but he's able to run out and get into a cop car and starts driving away. And then you hear the snarl of, of uh, police dogs in the back seat, and you see a worried look on his face. And that's the end of that well, one. And, oh, not as And satisfying. he tells them that he poisoned the sherry and that they're all going to die. Yes. <laughs> like, it yeah. really is the darker of all of them, if you really think about it. Yeah, not just that everyone's a murderer in this one, but everyone's, everyone's going to die. In right. This hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, prefer- a preferred version of the finale of the film? So reading about this earlier today, it looks like it's pretty well understood that as far as critics go, that they preferred A and... The Scarlet. Yes, and also disliked C, <laughs> which was the real one. But I like, I like the, the real one the best myself because it tracks. you. If you watch the movie again thinking of who's missing in each of those locations that's true it each of them like the who he says is missing in the kitchen and then again in the ballroom and then again you know like those that's who's missing and so you can watch it and think oh yeah that is when that happened or you know so it's not just they're not just pulling things out of thin air to make a storyline they've gone to that extent i guess to make it real i i think it does track so that that can be the real version but with the other versions like the people who committed the earlier murders weren't there in any of the scenes. So that does work well enough with the other ones that it's not completely off. And also the way they film those scenes, like they're absent for some of the scene, but then they're in it when they got to a wider shot, but you can say, you know, they just appeared and and joined the chaos, right. To explain their absence. Yeah. I mean, the first couple of times you watch it, you probably don't even think about it. Like, if, if we reference a, another older movie, murder by death, they, it's kind of the point of, these authors or these you know filmmakers essentially kind of just pulling these clues out of thin air in order to make their plot line work and the first couple of times you watch it you just kind of go huh that's cool <laughs> but then when you after you've watched it a few times and you remember what the ending was when you watch it again you can kind of place some of those locations See, you can also do that with knives out a more modern oh my gosh so much better the second time of uh this whodunit kind of show uh, I, 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 think behind the curtain. I think C is my favorite. 
was gonna say, just a quick peek behind the curtain. We almost recorded a Knives Out podcast last week, and then we we're like, oh, we have cool on the schedule. We probably shouldn't do those two too closely together. <laughs> Man, Knives Out was so good. I went on a binging YouTube <laughs> watch about those deep cuts of that. We know a lot of trivia about Knives Out, so. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe next year. Next I will comment can, on all of your all of your podcasts you about Knives Out, and then whomever else you were going to have on. <laughs> It was just gonna be me and Andrew uh, chatting about it, but then uh, again, we're like, oh, too too close to Clue to do, you know, multiple murder, you know, a suspect yeah, murder. Now, now you have a guest lined up already. Never yeah. too much. Never go. too many. So, Nick, you were saying uh, the ending C is your yeah, favorite. C is. I mean, I just like the idea that they're all just bad people, and they all were like trying to cover up their own stuff, <laughs> and that they're all bad except for Mister Green who's not who repeatedly <laughs> said he didn't do it through the entire movie all three all three endings he says i didn't do it through the whole I told movie you i didn't do it <laughs> yeah mr green is probably my favorite and i also kind of love the fact that at the end he says i'm gonna go home and sleep with my wife <laughs> told you i didn't um, do it <laughs> yeah I, I think i like the third one best as well because it feels more complete to have every single one of them have been a murder you know, that involved with it. it well, I think that feels more satisfying. And the other two are like, okay, you can totally see why Miss Scarlet would do it. She's already kind of in a nefarious type of work. She wanted to cover up what was going on. And then she also was doing it for, you know, being profit and profit and stuff like that. And that's like, oh, okay, fine, whatever. And then, you know, Mrs. Peacock is the worst. And so it's okay to like, her be the horrible person that does it um in the second one but it's just, it's so much more satisfying that everyone kind of has a hand in it piece, yeah yeah and, 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 and to be able to yell out they all did it like that yeah. is a good finale line all for right Blue, who right? did it who done it he says who done it who done it oh even yeah. better here's the thing about clue though i will tell you that this is definitely one of the three movies that comes up the most in my life, quoted in just random situations. Hold um, on. I want to double check this. Lena, does that check out? Absolutely. But mostly okay. because I quoted a lot too. So, And it's one of those things where, you know, you find your tribe if they recognize that you just said something from the movie. Yes. Um, you know, like... Like somebody will just say communism and I'll just be like, communism is a red, red herring. herring. And they're just like, wait, what? You know, or. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you don't know. You, but if they smile, it's like, know, okay. You know. If you, you know, know, you know. Um, what's the other things like? Um, it, I know. So I choose to expose myself. Yeah, that one comes up all the time. Where it's like, so it was just you. Just for fun. Like people will just say, it was you. Or, you know, hey, was it you? And I'll be like, it was you. I was going to expose you. I know. So I choose <laughs> to expose myself. Please. Please. Uh, the lady's, lady's present. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so many good quotes that we can't even like touch on them. I and, always like uh, Tim Curry's line reading of just look out. <laughs> <laughs> look out. Dude, that should be something that I just have on my phone that I could just queue up at any time. Like there's a button. That what is, is the lead into it? Is it, if, if there's anybody here, yeah, just, just look, look out. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, another door. <laughs> some, of, some of these, like you said, they can become 
very quotable and particularly like for me and my siblings when we watched this film a bunch when we were kids like the 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 just look out just became something that we just threw around in random <laughs> situations you know <laughs> like just look out. see and i was thinking about why maybe why it's so quotable for me and i think that part of it is because i remember it now with actors I was already familiar with. So I knew all of these people from other movies and I don't think I realized they were in this movie or at least I didn't see this movie until I was already familiar with, you know, Madeline Kahn and things like that already. And so now it just is adding to the quote base. And so it's not just this movie has fun quotes. It's Eileen Brennan has such good lines or Tim Curry has such good lines. Like they're more, I guess I associate them more with them as actors and they're like, we've talked about before, like their delivery and just things like that, that just make them so iconic. And I can see why maybe it wasn't as big of a thing later or earlier when it first came out. But I, when I think of this movie, I definitely think of it in, in terms of its cast. And if we're going to talk about the quotes before we move off of that, I think we could, we all have to do our flames. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that was, that was ad-libbed by Madeline Kahn. And, well, and I think that's one of the ones I hear most. Um, yeah. Flames I on the side of my face. So much. Fl- Fl- flames. He- he- <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was very good what are you afraid of <laughs> a fate worse than death no just death isn't that enough and then also before we move off the quotes there's some that's like you can't quote but the wordplay is so clever that you just kind of sit back and enjoy it like the, a lot of them are Colonel Mustard and Wadsworth having exchanges <laughs> yes. is there like, or isn't there <laughs> yeah the, the, am I right in thinking there's nobody else in this house um, no yes or no <laughs> yeah yes or there is someone else in this house no, are you trying to make me look me? foolish in front of the other guests? Well, we don't need help from me for that. That's sir. right. That's right. <laughs> it's just very witty writing, in, you know, in those where, where like as an audience, you're almost a step behind the joke, and but then you're appreciating it, and then another joke is already coming before uh, you, you're fully caught up. And uh, to be able to both write that kind of dialogue, but then also deliver it with such patter um is, is really skillfully done in this and, and so and and like you're you're noting like there's there's some lines that by themselves become iconic because of the line reading or in the in the case of the the flames from the side of my face like the ad living like there's just an energy to that that i think really stands out but then there's others where it's like how long do they have to rehearse to get all the timing perfect in this back and forth yeah. that the lines are building on each other building on each other building on each other and there's punch lines being delivered that um, you, if you laugh at those, you're missing the next line. Before it comes. <laughs> right, How yeah. many husbands have you had? Mine or other women? Five. Yeah. Five. five? Yeah. Yes, five. Yes, just the five. Husbands should be like Kleenex, soft, strong, and disposable. And disposable. You lure men to their deaths like a spider with flies. Flies are women. Flies are men are most vulnerable. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Colonel Mustard is always willing to declare that's right and not my, quite be and aware of what he's agreeing to. Nick and I watching it last night, I, I realized that during that sort of who's on first exchange with is there someone else in the house, Tim Curry almost breaks. He just just this teeny tiniest hint of a of a smile at the end of that delivery where you can just tell he's having a good time. Like that was just that was just fun. <laughs> Three murders, six altogether. This is getting serious. <laughs> That's, yep, two corpses. Everything's fine. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so basically maybe we just quote the movie from start to finish and call it good. <laughs> do you miss him? I, well, I it's a matter of life. <laughs> do you miss death. him? Well, it's a matter of life after death. Now that he's dead, he's I dead. I have a life. life. But he was your second husband. Your first husband also disappeared. That was his job. He was an illusionist. But he never but reappeared. He well, he wasn't that he wasn't very, very good. good. He wasn't a very good illusionist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Madeline Kahn We can, so we can move off quotes now if you'd like. <laughs> no, I completely understand why we're stuck on quotes, because this, this film has fantastic quotes. That Wadsworth. They, Am like, I right? They, they live with with nobody right. else in this house. Um, No. <laughs> There's somebody else in this house? Sorry. I mean, no meaning yes. Yes. No No meaning yes. No meaning yes. Look, I want a strange answer. Is there someone else or isn't there? Yes Yes or no. no. Oh, my gosh. She's so funny. Uh. (laughs) I was going to say, doing a little bit of math, that's going to be a a bit depressing. This was a film released in 85, but set in the mid-50s to provide some commentary about McCarthyism, and you know where we get the communism, socialism, red communism, all those things. Yeah, yeah, socialism, like the, using that milieu, which means that uh, if they do that remake that's been rumored for so long, it's going to be commenting about the nineties. <laughs> oh, it's going to be so good. <laughs> I prefer I, Kipling myself. <laughs> oh, that line. I about that. Sure, I'll eat anything. <laughs> um. I think setting it in the 50s and having some of the commentary about uh, the way homosexuality was treated, uh, the things that were were taboo and like were treated as equally evil, you know, in the 50s, uh, is something that adds a little bit of heft to the madcap comedy. And obviously, the highlight of this film is the farcical black comedy that comes from Tim Curry running around and, and right. you know, murder after murder and jokes about, uh, you know, that bodies you know two bodies everything's fine uh you know that that's what we come for but i think there's a little bit more there with their commentary about the 50s that comes in well and i mean when do you think that this was supposed to be like like the time period was supposed to be because i mean they have telephones oh well it's well he said it was the 50s yeah you know because you see the McCarthy trials, you know yeah, it's Hoover. 54, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. 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 He's on everyone else's. Hoover. Why shouldn't he be on mine? <laughs> Who? Why is Herbert Hoover, is Herbert on, Hoover your on your telephone? Maybe there is life after death. Life is as, after death is <laughs> improbable as sex after marriage. Madeline <laughs> Cunt is awesome. <laughs> She's one of my heroes. <laughs> I mean, every delivery is just like... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's she's doing um kind kind of uh oh who's the actor that plays uh, Toby in the West Wing where they're either whispering or they're screaming. That's oh what yes, Alan Khan does with, uh, with Mrs. White. It's it's either zero or ten on the volume <laughs> scale. There, please. Are you a cop? No, I'm a plant. A plant? I thought men like People you are like usually you called the fruit. fruit. Sorry, I just keep thinking of lines. <laughs> Well, and like what, um, like what Joe was saying with the uh, commentary on the fifties, like they here were people that were talking about, you know, political scandals and fusion bombs and war profiteering and and um, Mrs. Scarlet being a madam, you know, all of these different things. And then he comes out and says, "And I'm homosexual," and everybody kind of goes, "Oh, oh my like, god!" <laughs> and the look, the disgusted look on Miss Peacock's face, like, oh. Uh, and, and then, like, oh. he sits down next to Professor Plum, and he hops he, like, up immediately. Over a little bit. Yeah. 
<laughs> that is unfortunate. Yeah, but I think that's you know making this in the eighties. I think you're supposed I to. I mean, one hundred percent. At that point, it, be aware of the absurdity of that. Right. The, the, you know the, that comparison that that was accepted in the fifties, and, and not as I am not at all saying like gay rights where they were, were where they needed to be in the eighties. Um, but it was more, farther than yeah. the fifties. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that our world's getting a little bit better at that. The new remake should have a just openly gay, not a pretending to be gay, because I think that openly would be funny. gay, Mr. Green. Yeah, or anybody really, I don't care. <laughs> in fact, that button at the end of what they call the real ending, where he where he announces, "I'm going home to sleep with my wife," and in fact, it actually rubs me a little bit the wrong way, where it feels a little bit like they're saying the hero isn't the gay man, so don't worry. Like that's the final statement. Actually, is is like our good yeah, guy wasn't really. See, and, really and then now that you say it, I can see it, but I had never taken it like that. I had always thought mm-hmm. it was just as part of his cover. Like he was here right. completely undercover and that was just so that nobody would suspect him of being something else. They all just yeah. wrote him off as, you know, being gay and that was something they didn't approve of and they therefore they just sort of moved on. And no, maybe I, that I agree. perfect cover so that nobody would ask him more questions. Right. Yeah, I think that's what was intended. So taboo that they were like, "Well, I'm I'm not going to know more about about why you were selling." Well, a lot of our airmen died because (laughs) you know their radios didn't work properly. (laughs) Were you Uh, in the bathroom? (laughs) One thing I do wonder about when we've talked about these multiple endings, and so the final ending that we settle on includes the revelation that. Wadsworth was really Mr. Body and was blackmailing them, right? Oh, don't mm-hmm. you guess? How um, does that track with the opening sequence of Mr. Body coming in? Like, what is Wadsworth's goal then in bringing everyone here? If he, I'm trying to, well, I'm trying to. Remember I mean, he does like, kind of say that he says he wanted to remove his network of informants, right? Right. Yeah, because I think it's just mainly the more people involved, the more moving parts, you know. And if there's not mm-hmm. as many moving parts, it's a little easier. But the more when you watch him kind of get the home, get the house ready for everybody to come, it it tracks with him being a butler. But then when you, if you are taking in that he's really the person in charge, it also makes sense that he would be like setting up the evening, you know, making sure that it's going to go the way he wants. Right. I, I can see that for like removing these, but then I, I guess I still have the question, like when, what, what is he doing when body's handing out all these weapons? Like what is, <laughs> if, if he's well, really the mastermind, what is his goal right now? When the, well, when the I think, I think the body was trying to like screw him over. Like he was trying to make it so that so it was getting away from him. Yeah, and he yeah. was. And the idea was, hey, you can kill Wadsworth now, and I'll just leave. <laughs> that was the uh, one. Well, thing maybe he, he was going to try and take over the blackmail at that point, and and be the one getting paid, or or just like let everyone go. You know, maybe I don't know because he was. I mean, he was he was also being manipulated by him. And so maybe Makes you wonder like what he had, what kind of horrible thing would he have had on him to convince Mr. Body or I guess Wadsworth, I don't know, <laughs> to the butler. Yeah, the butler to hand out <laughs> weapons to potentially kill everyone. Well, like, no, but I don't oh. think I think I I don't think that Wadsworth or Tim Curry was planning on him bringing all the weapons out. I think that the plan oh, you think that, that was a surprise. I think, I think the plan at that point was for him to bring everybody together and maybe them try you know try to kill mr body or something like that because you see mm. kind of the or he was 
bringing them all together for his own sadistic purposes. And Mr. Body was the one that threw a wrench in it. And that's uh-huh. why everyone started dying. And Literal then Wadsworth, yeah. And then, and then Wadsworth was like, kind okay. of part of it as well like that's that's the impression that i always got is that it was at that point like it wasn't that wadsworth brought them all here to die or or anything like that he was bringing them here to play the game more mm. you know or or do something along those lines and it was mr body that threw mr leaving yeah his butler that like made it so that it, that it kind of got all messed up and then he was still trying to cover himself during the course of the whole thing because he still had a game to play and he could still have you know money invested in it if people were to survive and if he was to survive and so he was he was playing coy the whole time so that they didn't turn on him like that's that's the impression i got yeah that's a good it's a good analysis i think no i i like that because that's something that i i i think I get hung up on when I try, like try and think through the logic backwards of what we're told is what really happened. Like that, that opening scene with body, like running out into the foyer and then turning off the light. I'm like, if, if Wadsworth is really body, what, what is he? Well, and he tries, and like, even then he tries to go and like escape. Like he tries to run away. Right. He tries to go to the dogs and like the, the glass is there to break the glass. He tries to go to the front door and it's locked. And you can see that like that part wasn't planned. But Wadsworth knew that somebody was going to try to escape. And so he was trying at that point to just mess up the plan at that point. And then he was like, okay, well, now I'm going to, you know, like he came in with a plan because he knew that those people didn't deserve to be there or something or, or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like that. That's if I can't save everyone, I'm going to save myself kind of a thing. Or, you know, or if anyone else can be saved too, they can run now and I'm going to show them that they can, Hmm. you know? No, I, I, I think that that does track. Um, and it's one of those things that you certainly are going to catch on your first viewing. Uh, <laughs> and uh, maybe it's on, you know, your fifth or sixth. And you're like, wait, how does this, does this all work? But well, I, you know, I, the I think it works well there. I don't know what. It's like trying to keep track of everything in the usual suspects. You don't really do it. You just watch it in like the movie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> um, the other uh, question that I, I wanted to make sure we got to, do you have, a favorite character meaning as a character not as like tim curry or <laughs> from this strange group that get thrown together mm, i'm torn between madeline Kahn and eileen brennan so i'm torn between white and peacock just because i would say white is your favorite they just have such iconic uh, yeah. lines and i don't know and quotable and i mean mrs white is definitely not supposed to be approachable at all and they do a good job of making her you know very aloof and sort of standoffish but then you can see her have like a psychotic break essentially when she smashes the glass on the fireplace and so i yeah i mean if i had to choose one i'd probably go with white but peacock's a really close second so we don't get to choose tim curry is what you're saying no you don't just get to choose well, tim no curry. you could say wadsworth is your favorite i just don't want it to be because tim curry <laughs> if that makes sense like I, just as a character in this film i think um I, I know I've been quiet. I've just been letting the quotes happen. Like, hey, Andrew's back. Um, <laughs> but well, you just can't step in to to a quote session. Um, a double I negative. Think the the way that um, Miss Scarlet and Colonel Mustard like 
convey themselves as characters is really interesting and satisfying. Um, I like for Colonel Mustard. I think one of the key things is he really does just have so much guilt that you almost feel bad for him by the end of it. It's like, no, he did really terrible things, but like his stress level and he's just getting sweatier and sweatier throughout <laughs> the movie. And he's like rolling up sleeves and he's got a loose at his collar and everything is like, and he's wiping his brow all the time. It's like, he is getting just burnt up <laughs> with all of the stuff going on, but also with like coming to grips with what he has done. And like, now he's seeing like, it, like he's reaping what he has sown and everything. And like yeah, the true. murder, like it is getting to him and he, he feels guilty. And you see like, the relief that he has when the cops show up, it's like, okay, at least everything's just going to be over. Well, I think you get that more when you realize what his real blackmail is about. So he, I think he's the only one that we get a double reveal where at first we think he's being blackmailed just for um, having visited Miss Scarlet's, you know, uh, place. And then we find out that it's war profiteering. And that's what he really has the guilt about is the war profiteering. Yeah. And so he's got like all the all the blustering before then. And then he's like, no, really, like, I do feel relieved getting this off my chest and like talking through this. And I feel bad about having done it. Yeah, he does Um, really kind of have that look on his face when he was the one that he killed. Who was the one that he killed in the final driver was his driver in the war. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. About the war profiteering. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Miss Scarlet, I think is really interesting because she's really upfront about everything she's done. And she has like that confident air. It's like, yeah, like this is what I'm getting blackmailed for. I totally did it. And yeah, they got me. Like she's, she's, and she's just into playing the game. And it's like, okay, like if they're going to manipulate me, like I'm going to pay my end of it and then I'm going to keep doing my stuff. And I'm a capitalist. (laughs) <laughs> She's just handling the situation like really confidently. And I think that's an interesting If you want to do choice, female you wanna, role model right there. You want to do a fun thing on the next watch through of the show. Mrs. Scarlet cannot sit down in her dress. Go watch it. She does not <laughs> sit down in her dress. Ever. Um, I, it's because it has bones like corset boning, on the side. The yeah, the boning in the. But she never sits down. I mean, um, at the table, she's kind of like. I think that she's not even like sitting in the, but anyway, fun. Um, and and <laughs> sorry, this wasn't relevant to to my choice of the two of them being characters, but I do have a fun, interesting like Easter egg fact. Oh, Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet appear as a character's parents in Community. Oh, I do together. remember that. I do remember that they're Britta's parents. Oh, I, I don't right. think they I do. ever noticed that, but they I'm do. not as familiar. Yeah. So that like I recognized Martin Mull in that role. I was like, that's Colonel Mustard. And then I was like, is it like like Kestra and I were talking about it? And so she looked it up and was like, that is Miss Scarlet. Like they actually got Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet to be she was the set of in the man who knew too little. Great movie. That movie's fantastic. Bill Murray one. Yeah. Those are the like three roles I know her in. <laughs> but I'm, I, every time I see somebody from Clue, it is always, oh, that's Colonel Scar, that's Colonel Mustard, or you know, it's I always re- I always relate all the actors to this movie. Yeah, I yeah. think this is one that definitely, like for me, captures. Uh, you know, this is the role I know them for. Even e- Matt, even, even Tim Curry. Like Khan. I said, you know, yeah. Tim Curry's been everywhere, and and yeah, Adelaide. I mean, Young Frankenstein, 
as well, but yeah, it's this movie. I'm trying to think um, I do. Else. Well, and speaking um, of Madeline Kahn, I think okay. it was just Blazing Saddles anniversary yesterday or today or something like that. So there's all kinds of memes going around about <laughs> Blazing Saddles. She was great in that too. Taffeta, darling. Taffeta. Nope. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of Madeline. We should just have an episode of quoting Madeline Kahn. There's a lot of episodes that we've figured out just in this. Um, yeah. There's a lot of media to cover, it turns out. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff out there. And it's not stopping for some reason. Maybe, maybe it's the brilliance of this podcast. Um, no. The other, yeah. I, I, I do, like, circling back to which character sent out, like, Colonel Mustard's, like, He's him constantly being on the edge of a nervous breakdown. Like the, that tracks so well <laughs> throughout this, uh, and the bluster as cover for that, I really enjoy that. And then again, I think I mentioned it earlier, but Mister Green, not like as a character, but just as the the physical comedy that he gets into, uh, catching the the body, the the table breaking in the background, getting thrown around by Tim Curry. Yeah, um, I, I think that's a nice different element of comedy that he's able to bring into this you know, stew of comedic styles that are all being put thrown in together. Yeah, I agree. I've never thought about how it really is just a smorgasbord of like a lot of different types of comedy. And it really is a kind of like, they should teach clue in comedy school (laughs) and be like, that's this type. That's this type. It's really, yeah, that's a good, Let's uh, crack a few of those. I like this well, idea. I, so there's the physical comedy we just acknowledged. Wait, we, wait. We verbal quick, before, before you jump into the comedy thing, while we were still talking about the characters, I just want to make sure that like Professor Plum gets enough attention because oh. I don't think nobody's well, really talked about him yet. Like, like because he he is one of the ones where it is I, like, I don't know if his reveal is like, OK, that's really deplorable stuff. And so you can't like him. You know what, Lady Patience? You need doctors aren't you know supposed to do with their lady patients. He did. he did it. And so like is it like is that well, part of it? Every or... single time that Miss Scarlet starts talking, he's like, Oh yeah, what's the number? <laughs> like, yeah, like, is it just so creepy? Is like is that his main character? It's like, man, he's creepy. Well, but I do have to say that that's probably the only character that I don't say that's Doc Brown. Like Professor Plum is not, you know. He's not just Christopher, Christopher Lloyd, Lloyd in a different role. Not, yeah. He's not Professor Plun to me. He is Doc Brown and Angels in the Outfield forever in my life. <laughs> Angels in the Outfield, that's Angels right. Angels in the Outfield. But, um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I mean, that's the only one that I could say that. I mean, talking about that before. I I mean, when we were saying, who's your favorite, immediately I went, not Plum. Like, yeah, my brain. Like, that's the reaction you have. It's like, like no, it can't be him. Plum. And then I was like, I love Malin Khan. I love, I love Yvette. I love. I don't know. But he I has love, not, one of my favorite Lloyd, deliveries, though. Is it? Is it? Oh shucks. Yes, that one. Oh, shucks. Well, who did it's I? Like, I didn't kill him? the person that I didn't want to kill. <laughs> yes, that. Yes, that's exactly it. Because, <laughs> and like um, you said, like there's just so much guilt there too. Like he knows that he what he did wrong, and he's clearly fine with killing someone to cover sorry. it up. And so he's just like, darn it. But is the FBI in the habit of cleaning up after multiple murder? Yes. Why do you think they're run <laughs> by a man called Hoover? Hoover. <laughs> that joke. Okay. That, that transitions us back into like the okay. types of humor. Yes, that joke is just such a bad pun. That <laughs> it's a terrible I joke. I want to like applaud it. But it it's so bad. Funny. Like it's not actually no, but funny. But somehow it works. Funny. In there. 
because of the man delivering it. Yeah. Yes. It's kind of like and it's so when we talk when about Batman 66, how it, he takes it seriously. And so it makes it funny and it makes it better. Like if he would have been more slapsticky with that delivery or winking would, at the camera yeah, or wink, wink. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, there's puns. Um, I mean, dry so, humor. Yeah, puns is definitely one of them. Dry, mm-hmm. Like dry delivery. Well, I was going to say, you know, Professor Plum, one reason why maybe he doesn't stand out as much is his comedic role is like the sardonic aside, like the sardonic response. But it's not the guffawing or, or the, you know, uh, delivery or the or the broad physical comedy or anything like it. But but it works like <laughs> some of the stuff he says is pretty funny, uh, you know, throughout. But it's, it's definitely the very dry delivery compared to some of the other stuff that we're able to get from this film. Yeah, and I mean, like, there's anecdotal. Ana- I can't say the word. Lena, help me. Anecdotal. Anecdotal. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's so many. I'm sorry. I'm just. Yeah, I think, I think physical comedy is a really strong it, one. It's not truly embellished what's going on, and so they, you know, they talk about like what's, um, you know, there's a lot of s- subjective humor, like where it's like you, you, they say something. And it's not actually what it was, and it's implied, kind of you know. And so we have bit. that. Um, yeah, there's definitely. I mean, the, I mean, there's. I mean, we already talked about this, like dry. Right? <laughs> there's lots it, of double entendres. You know, d- dry anti humor where he's delivering it, and it's not supposed to be funny. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally what Colonel Mustard is in the whole show. He's, mm-hmm. he's delivering every line as though it's like completely serious, but it's hilarious because he has no idea that he's actually doing anything. There's the uh, visual punchlines of like the chandelier falling. I don't know what you want to categorize that as, but you know, just this mm-hmm. massive punctuation point. Mm-hmm. I think that fits into, well, I don't know. I guess I would consider that still like the physical comedy stuff, mm-hmm. um, but there's definitely other like, like body physical comedy right. things. Like, like when, when, when green, breaks the table yes the, the leaf on the table collapses underneath him yes. um or when, or when he's like trying to sit down and there's no place and, and everyone keeps sitting down right ahead of him <laughs> but then there's also um, like those that kind of physical comedy is very different from like the little bit where he exits the bathroom and is washing his hands like that's just mm-hmm. yes <laughs> like that's still physical comedy but it's not the same physical comedy so how yeah do we, and then it's, and it's then you more, have like the, yeah it's more of like a blue collar comedy you know, just kind of and you have the, silly, but a little inappropriate. I don't know. The the physical comedy of Colonel Mustard and Miss Scarlet, like squeezing through the gap in the bar at the same time. Because they and don't the want it. With Green and Yvette trying to go up the stairs shoulder to shoulder. And he's like pushing her up yes. in front of him. <laughs> and, and then um, there's some of the, the, the character like revelations uh, that, you know, they're coming through comedy. So like. Uh, when she says like, "Why is the car not going?" It's like it's scared. I'm like you know what, what we're learning about him, and <laughs> oh, and, and also like frightened. Green. Yeah, oh yeah, it's right. <laughs> Green, Green and Yvette like arguing about who's going to go up, and then the super long pause in the editing, like how long they allow it to hold of them both assuming the other one's about to go up the stairs, and no one moves an inch. Like that's an editing joke <laughs> with within yeah. all of this. Um, what what kind of comedy is it? And because it's it's only a thing at the beginning and it's really i guess it's just like breaking tension of everyone arriving and smelling. but they're all checking whether or not they've well, the running the gag poop. right it's, it's just yeah like is that run, is it run running gag, gag for yeah. that one yeah but like so. they all have to keep checking their shoes and like they all sniff why and is then that joke in there <laughs> well it's it because... had to be like someone 
he goes out first and during feeds the a read through and then uh and then they thought it was funny so they all do it i think that's how those often often happen as someone suggests you know just as suggest it as a runner and it, it tickles everyone enough well, that they're impossible. like oh we're definitely doing that yeah yeah i mean there's so many oh yeah i don't i mean that's character comedy i mean there's the dark humor when when you're dealing with the dead bodies, sure. And that this is getting serious. Like that is one of my favorite dark yeah. humor lines <laughs> ever in any film. Or like, or wow, we like... crushed that threshold where it's normal to now it's serious. Yeah, and they have to like reposition them in the room, right? And to make room for Professor all Plum just like gets plopped between them. <laughs> he's got his hand around. Him. He's, he's like, I guess I just this settle here, in this here. Is happening now. <laughs> this is where I'm at. This is where I am. This is where I would <laughs> when Wadsworth says that he's the butler, so he likes to keep the kitchen tidy. Or, or what do you do? I buttle. I buttle. <laughs> I'm in charge of the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, why, why? Where are you taking her? I'm the butler. I like to keep the kitchen tidy. <laughs> um. Well, I, I think we could just say there's a lot going there's on in yeah, different I... comedic styles that somehow do blend together successfully at least now it seems like again it's very odd to me how poorly received this was Man, we are yeah we already talked about so- satire and top topical comedy i mean that's another mm-hmm. entire genre but yeah yeah just to give it a name of what we've already oh, said. The, like the way the way that tim curry like swallows the word socialist yeah <laughs> socialist <laughs> And then everybody is like sympathetic, like, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, it's fine. It's fine. (laughs) They were all socialists. We could almost, I mean, there's people in America today that still do that. (laughs) And I think, um, I think one interesting thing with the comedy is that it is interspersed, like, really interestingly with the high tension and like the high tension music. Um, like oh, that, I mean, I don't know who's playing got, the quavering violin throughout all of this. We've got, but that is about, that, like that is a thing. Yeah, the the soundtrack and the score in this movie could not be more perfect. Whomever did it, they need a raise. You know, forty years later, I don't know, like <laughs> because like there's there is like all of the quavering violin and the intense stuff and and all of that, but there's also like that goofy trot that they do at the end when he's explaining everything. Oh, yeah, that music does make that sequence work. So like, without that and music, it does hard, seem kind of out of character for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's like, OK, let's jovially figure out what all of this horror is that just happened. Yeah, let's just like walk it, you through six murders. Come on. Th- right. it, that's the tone to make it so that it's not a dark gruesome scary moment that it's like oh yay finally we get to you know know what's going on but they make the dark intense sequences really effective too like when event gets strangled oh, yeah. and it's dark and there's the She's whispering, whispering voice it's like oh. this is creepy and that voice like i don't know what they did in editing but like you could think it was any one of the six people that you've met Right, your six main cast. There's been so many times I've been like, oh, maybe I could recognize the hand or the glove or anything. Like, is there any indication? I no, there's not. Like, no, no. <laughs> countless times. Well, and when like, is whispering, she's no longer French. <laughs> <laughs> and there's that French accent kind of kind of comes and goes throughout the whole. Film. <laughs> um, and like the balance of funny and scary, like even just in that sequence, like the lights out sequence. Because it is just like hitting you like, okay, 
Wadsworth like stepping into the shower, mm-hmm. but also Absolutely. there's the murder, there's the Jack in the Box thing, so that's scary. And it like uh, close yeah. up on all of their faces individually. Well, yeah, and like the singing telegram is like that's a that's a weird sequence that I've gone like back and forth from like oh gosh someone just got shot and like oh that's really funny. Uh, it was back in uh, our first <laughs> Halloween special where we built a Mount Rushmore fear. Todd said a black gloved hand pressing down a receiver with a lead pipe is on his Mount Rushmore. Yeah, that's that fair. One, yeah. That's, that one's spooky. Yeah. Oof. And that was Mrs. Scarlet, right? Yeah. Yes, because she was paying off the cop. was on her payroll. Yeah. yeah she's. And she right, was the well, one that received the lead pipe. Now that I think about it, whoa! No, they no she got the, the candlestick. Oh, she did get the candlestick. Who got the um, Colonel Mustard? He, he, I think used used the wrench, right? Because he, like, he killed. Oh, if he killed oh, the driver, yeah. then that was his own weapon. Wadsworth though shoots the singing telegram girl, and he doesn't get a weapon because they're all supposed to use it on him. Okay. One plus that two plus two down. plus one. Oh, plus that two. Too. Okay. <laughs> There's no bullets left in this gun. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, it would be one plus two. Um, plus one. Plus I do one. think several several of them use the weapon that they start with. Okay. I'm gonna go back and watch that. I need. I, Dude, I mean, we watched it last night. I know, but now, he wasn't paying attention have, to that. Now I have. A, now I have something very have a reason. to write down. I'm sure that it's online. I could probably just look it up. But what's the fun in that? <laughs> Well, before you go watch it again, Nick, do you have any final thoughts on Clue? This might simply be the greatest movie in the history of mankind. <laughs> and if you don't agree with me, I was real say, gentle you're final thought. I will fight you. Nothing like yeah. quoting Anchorman while <laughs> quoting Clue at the same time. But this this movie is the movie I never, ever will say no to the watching. And my wife feels the same way. I know 100% because there are nights when it's like, what are we going to watch? And it's just like, Clue? Sure. And we put it in. We can't agree right? on anything. And then suddenly Clue is playing. How did that happen? You know, like, we'll we'll spend hours. Like, what are we <laughs> going to watch? What are we going to watch? Going through all of the DVDs, going through Netflix, going through every streaming service we have. And then it's like we end up watching Clue. Um <laughs> And I have no it, regrets. It is the hap I mean, it is the happy, like I don't even resolution. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know. I can't find the quite the right word that is. <laughs> you know, the compromise, the happy compromise that is always fine. If it's on, it's if it's on it's TV, it. we watch it. If it's if it is sitting next to the TV for some reason, we didn't put it away. It's put in. Like it's not. <laughs> I mean, if there's... someone quotes it, it's like, yeah, now we got to watch it. Yeah. Like, and I mean, we've already discussed how often we quote this movie that it, I I would say we probably watch it monthly. Like, if and not very Owen watched it for the first time last night, too, which was funny because he kept asking questions. We're like, dude, we can't even answer these for you. He's like, who did it? He's like, what about that? What's the, that guy doing? Very, you were like, ah. like, like half hour into the movie, he's like, well, who killed him? And we're like, it's kind of complicated. Dude. <laughs> we're like, buddy, <laughs> you know, and he's five and a half, you know, and it's, it's just so fun. Yeah, it's just fun. He's just fun. Anyway, so yes, those are my final thoughts. Lena, do you have any final thoughts about Clue? Only that it falls into a genre of 
movies that I really love, which is like the comedic murder mystery. And Knives Out definitely falls in there. But also one I mentioned earlier, um, Murder by Death is one I grew up watching. And that has that has another star studded cast and it has a lot of the same feeling of, but it also did not age well as far as it really did not. Don't it is so not PC, but it is, but it also kind of leans into that. Like it kind of does some of that on purpose, but it got, it's got Maggie Smith when she's like, 25 or something and alec guinness yeah yeah no, it's, Kenobi is in it. it's just a really it's just a really great movie but and then also um and then there were none but agatha christie not quite as funny necessarily but it has that same that same everyone trapped on a in a house kind of a feel mm-hmm. which as long as it's not gruesome i really enjoy that sort of uncertainty uh, suspense kind of thing so yeah, the it clue is definitely in that genre for me. So I think that it was just it was just bound to happen. I was going to love it. The cast and the type of movie and the amount of comedy that's in it, it's it was just sort of made for me. Andrew, do you have any final thoughts on Clue? I do not. Okay. <laughs> Good film. I recommend it. Uh as uh like like Lena was saying, like a kind of a blend of genres where you get uh mystery and co- comedy uh put together in, in kind of a, a special package like the, the those genres that can go very separately very successfully and be their own thing putting them together definitely works uh for this one the and other, it's the other thing is is that the time the the flow of the movie is it never drags mm-hmm. that's yeah, another it feels, thing that is it, it, it i mean every time we watch i'm like wait it's almost over like every time and it's and, not a, it's not an incredibly long movie anyway, but but it's still like I mean it just moves along. That I would I mean, be interested to hear from your listeners whether there's anybody out there that just really does not like this movie because I don't know if I've ever talked to someone who just straight up dislikes it. People who haven't seen it or seen it enough times or you know just you know isn't like, there yeah, the team? But like fine. yeah, is there anybody that just like straight up dislikes it? Because I want to know. <laughs> yeah, that is a great question. Because I will fight you. I've already, I've already said that. So we'll meet in the octagon. Don't say, don't, or, don't or meet or Nick in a dark alley and say you don't it. like Clue. <laughs> or I'll just escort you to my house to watch it. <laughs> Clearly, you haven't seen this movie enough times yet. Well, listeners, if you do want to let us know about that, you can go to our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash protagonist podcast. And I think that is going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for joining us. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, you can go to duelinggenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo. You're welcome. And Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, you may want to go check out episode number 90, when we talked about Psych, or episode number 110, when we talked about Dinosaurs. I didn't know what episode I was going to put in there, and then those two got referenced. So here we are. There you go. Uh, Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. All right, so my computer is not charging again. So keep going. I've got 15%. I'll keep trying to get it to work. Okay. Uh, if it looks like it's going to die, you give us a warning, and Andrew will end the recording so we can get whatever audio uh, we it's have. It's charging again. It's charging okay. again.